Welcome back to the Birth Class Podcast. Today, I want to talk about some of my thoughts on why labors are long. Now, I mean, there's a huge variation of normal here in terms of like super fast births and then births that are 24 plus hours, two, three day labors. I mean, it's a huge variation, but I want to talk a little bit about why I think our labors tend to be more long, long more often than not. And I've had this episode on my like to-do podcast list for a month now. And just the other day, I was on Instagram and I follow Spinning Babies on Instagram, which their handle is just Spinning Babies. And this quote popped up from them that they posted And it's from Gail Tully, who is the midwife who created Spinning Babies. And she's she's a genius. Okay, so here's what it says. Long labors can be a result of the cultural misunderstanding of human physiology. It's true that women are designed for birth, but modern life isn't exactly designed for women. Um, And it's just, this is exactly what I want to talk about in this episode. And it is so freaking true. And when I saw this from Spinning Babies, which if you work with me, I use Spinning Babies resources a lot. Um, I was really excited to see that pop up because it's exactly along the lines of this episode that I have outlined. And it just reassured that like, dang, like not to toot my own horn, but I really do have a deep understanding of physiological birth. And that's what you get when you work with me. That's what you get when you are inside of Unmedicated Academy. We talk a lot about how birth works and what the evidence says, which spoiler alert, your hospital may not be doing practices that are supported by evidence. So like, what does that mean supported by evidence? I have a podcast episode about that, but that means the practices that your hospital are doing There is research that shows there are no beneficial outcomes to that practice, yet they do it anyways. So inside of my course and when you work with me, we talk a lot about evidence-based care, but I also hit everything from a physiological point of view. And that is something that not every childbirth education class does. Okay, so I will say, okay, this is what the hospital is doing. This is what the research says. This is what midwives do. This is what is supportive of physiological birth. And now let's also come at it from the lens of maternal satisfaction and wanting an unmedicated birth. And what I'm really trying to do by giving you all, I'm just trying to give you all the information, all the viewpoints so you can weigh the risks and the benefits, the pros and the cons and make the best choice for you. Um, And really when we talk about unmedicated birth, the physiological process and supporting that should be priority over what your hospital is doing and really over what the evidence says. Just because the evidence says one thing, it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do when we talk about evidence-based care. And if any of that sounds like what you need, the type of support you need, you got to get into Unmedicated Academy. Right now the doors are closed, but it's November we're talking about Black Friday. Um, I'm gonna op- I'm gonna do like a flash opening. So one day, Black Friday, you'll be able to get into Unmedicated Academy, and there's gonna be some bonuses there when you enroll on that day. 
Um, so that's the next time the doors open. And then after that, it should be, I don't know when. <laughs> I plan like one month at a time, so I can't tell you. Um, but my, my goal, I will tell you, my goal is to have it not just, just to have it be open. So that'll be the next step is that it never, the doors never open and close. So that way you can enroll when you need it and you don't have to wait or watch for, um, the doors to be open. But the next time the doors will be open is during my black Friday promo. And I'm going to be doing promos all week long. So get on my email list, go to lizzieballiger.com slash Black Friday, put your email in, and then you will be on my VIP mom list. You'll get the Black Friday sales when they come, come up. Each deal will be just 24 hours, so you have to act fast. So you don't wanna miss those emails. So make sure you get over there, get on the list, and get your birth support ASAP. Okay, so let's jump into it to this topic on some thoughts, some of my thoughts on why labor is long. And this really was prompted by a reel I did recently. And it's that like, holy mother forking shirt balls. And that's the audio. And the text, like the, the topic that went along with it was like, when you have a precipitous birth, it's like shocking. Um, and that reel went a little viral. And there were so many comments on there from moms who had had fast births, even first time moms. So usually what we see with precipitous births is it's not first time moms. Um, but there was a lot of many moms who said, you know, I had a fast birth. I had a fast birth. I have all fast births, et cetera, et cetera. And it really got me thinking about long births versus short births. Um, I have had two long births, 21 hours with my first 14 hours with my second. And as I was thinking about this, that's counting from the time that my waters broke to baby arriving. And with both of my first two, my waters broke really before labor picked up. And when your waters break, that that does signify the start of labor. That's when you should say, okay, well, I'm in labor, even if your contractions haven't picked up. But I wonder now, like looking back, if I, if my waters hadn't broken and I had waited to count from when the contractions picked up, obviously they would have been shorter than 21 and 14 hours. So, I mean, waters breaking does indicate when labor starts and, and really most providers tell you like, you have to go into the hospital. So it, it really does feel like labor starts as soon as your waters break. But then with my third, that, that was my short birth. So I still consider the first two long, right? 21 hours, 14 hours. And then with my third, that was my fast birth, which I'm in it. I have a podcast episode lined up on this topic on like some of the reasons why I think it was a fast birth and some of the things I specifically did. But with my third, my waters didn't break until uh, it came time to push. So until the second stage and it was four hours long. <laughs> So compared to my other two, it's just wild. So from the point where I had, um, actually the, the, the thing that made me say, like, I think I'm in labor. I had said that a couple times before, like, I think I'm in labor and then I wasn't, but this time when I really was in labor, it was having my bloody show. So I went to the bathroom and I had a bloody show and then like immediately my contractions were consistent and strong. And it was four hours from then to baby being born. Um, and so when I think about like my birth, 
and all these comments on that reel about moms who did have fast births too. And just thinking about like how uncomfortable long labor is. I really don't think birth is supposed to be so long. Of course there's variations, you know, some women are going to have done all the things and still have 12, 14, 20 hour labors. And that can be normal. Even day long labors can be normal. I mean, birth can be days sometimes. Not to say that that's not, that's not normal, but I really don't think biology designed us to be that way. Like, I don't think birth was ever meant to be so long and uncomfortable. And how, how could, how could the natural consequence and an extension, you know, of this <laughs> system <laughs> process, how could something so uncomfortable come from something as enjoyable as sex. Like that just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And I know it's been like ingrained in us, like, oh, if you have sex, you're gonna be punished with a baby and like labor, like when we're, you know, too young to be having babies. But um, I just don't think it's supposed to be like that. And one thing that our species depends on, like that's the one thing our species depends on to survive. And I don't think it's supposed to be designed in a way to make us think like, I'm never doing that again. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be like that. So a few thoughts. Why is it like that? Well, one, the hospital. Okay, well, like, duh, of course I was going to go there, right? The hospital is not set up to support the physiological birth process. I talk about this all the time. The interventions, the drugs that can absolutely slow down the process, but also the environment the strangers, the bright lights, the tiny and clinical and cold and uncomfortable room, the interruptions, all of these things exist in the hospital, even for an unmedicated birther. So we, you know, can't even just talk about the interventions, just being in that hospital is an intervention is an interruption to our birth hormones. Um, it, in that setting, even if we don't have any medications in our in our body, it's making us feel less private, less secure, and less calm. So that's one one thing that's working against our physiological birth process. Um, or two things you can say: the hospital setting, and of course the medicated birth. So that's going to make birth longer. And then of course there's the fear, something that's now passed down from generation to generation, perpetuated by the horror birth stories you hear from mom friends, from Facebook groups, or even from like your inner circle, even your closest friends, or like I said, even from your mom. Um, fear can prevent labor from starting. It can stall or even stop labor in its tracks. So sometimes, sometimes I, you know, we talk about this and when you're like waiting for labor to start, you have, if you have like any mental block, any fear that you're holding on to, labor will not start. Um, and this is even true. So I have a, a, a specific example for me with my third, we had my in-laws here and we had them here on purpose because they were, they stayed with us for a week and they were going to be there in case I went into labor and they were going to stay with the other kids while we went into the hospital. And then after they, you know, it, there was like a night overlap with they were leaving. And then my mom was going to come and stay with us for a week. And I did not go into labor while my in-laws were there and not that not that there was any fear but like i wasn't as comfortable with having them there like i think subconsciously i was waiting for my mom 
you know, my mom, the one that taught me about birth, the one that like, we need mothering when we're in labor. Um, and I, because that, that first, she was there one night and then that next night I went, <laughs> I went into labor. So fear pr- plays a big role, um, in, in maybe labor starting, or if you have some fears as you're in labor, 100% that can slow labor. One more thing that is changing how our birth plays out is fetal positioning. Um, I'm not just talking about breech versus head down here. I say this a lot. Like, uh, we tend to really focus on, oh, is baby head down? Oh, good. We're good to go. But a baby that's head down can take on many different positions and each one affects how that baby will move through the birth canal and how hard your body and your baby will have to work together to birth your baby. Um, and there are two things I, I think that are making less than ideal positioning more common for moms today. So yes, unoptimal positioning can make your birth longer versus optimal positioning can make your birth faster. So I think we have more longer births because we have more babies being in suboptimal positions. So one reason is because the average hospital provider is, isn't saying anything about baby's position other than being head down because they don't like focus on physiological birth at all. Like maybe they don't even know about it. I find that hard to believe. I think they know about it. I just think they, they are worried about, am I going to have to do a surgical birth or not? So they're telling you, Oh, nope, you can go ahead and have a vaginal birth because your baby's head down. But that's not, that's not the whole story. Well, and here's the annoying part is that hospital providers do know how to react to a poorly positioned baby, i.e. forceps, vacuum, cesarean, episiotomy, but rarely do they identify, well, maybe they identify it, but rarely do they address it during pregnancy and give moms tips to correct it. In fact, I hear from so many moms that their provider sent them for an ultrasound just to check if baby is head down. A skilled provider, one who really understands the physiological process and is like really connected and checking in with their pregnant moms can absolutely tell if the baby is head down by feeling the belly. And also I mean, that, that should be a given. Like they should be able to tell that baby is head down just by feeling the belly. Usually moms that kind of know a little bit about belly mapping can also tell um, if baby is head down in which way baby is facing. But the provider definitely should be able to tell if baby's head down and which way baby is facing, whether it's optimal or not, without ordering an ultrasound. And who knows? Maybe these hospital providers do know how to do that, but... If they order an ultrasound, that means they get to bill your insurance again, and that's more money for the hospital. Not that they get the more money, but that it's been perpetuated and ingrained like, oh, we're going to do this late-term ultrasound to confirm that baby is head down. Just another thing to add to the list, to add to the bill. So getting back to what we're talking about, this lack of education and preventative measure, measures from the hospital model is one reason that we have longer births 
because we have more babies staying in non-optimal positions versus telling moms what's going on, giving them the resources, giving them the exercise to encourage a better positioning for baby, which will, it is a fact, give you a faster and easier birth if baby is in a good position. Another reason I believe we have more babies in non-optimal positions is our lifestyle. Um, okay. Picture me right now. I am sitting like crisscross applesauce in a chair and I'm like, I have my elbows on my knees that are crisscrossed. And so I've got like a nice little hunch in my back, (laughs) not the best posture for sitting. Um, we're constantly, we sit now more than we ever have as human beings. We are looking down at screens and having the kind of a posture that's hunched over, even when we're standing up. And really, I mean, unless you have perfect posture all day or you're only sitting on the birth ball, you may be encouraging baby to get into unfavorable positions every day, all day long. Same goes for like our lifestyle in terms of like less walking and less exercise, which in our general population is true. Um, Some moms, it's so funny, some moms that get pregnant and then they stop working out, like they're scared of having a miscarriage or something like that. Or I've even heard some providers, some moms say their providers say, well, you shouldn't be doing strenuous workout. There's just like this gray area. We don't, nobody tells us how to work out when we're pregnant, unless you're already kind of in that space or you specifically seek out someone with that knowledge. Um, But then the flip side is some moms will get pregnant and then they, they kind of realize, oh, my body is not my own. And then, then they get more into some exercise and some healthy eating, maybe some walking. But in general, we walk and exercise less than we should, or than we have in the past. Couple that with the bad posture, with the sitting down at a computer all day, with the being hunched over, looking at our screens. This is putting babies in non-optimal positions. Um, And the same goes with even like how you're standing, how you're standing is important when you're pregnant. Um, You want to have neutral alignment. You don't want to have a pelvic tilt or an anterior tilt because that is going to create not the right space for baby. It's also going to give you a lot of discomfort. Um, So proper positioning and like the way we move our bodies in our daily activities is really important, not only for optimal positioning, but for having less pregnancy aches and pains. Um, So that's another big reason that I think we have more babies in suboptimal positions is our lifestyle. And we're not positioning our bodies in a way to help our babies. So great. (laughs) All these things that are somewhat out of our control. So what can we do to help with good positioning so we can hopefully have a faster labor, which is going to in turn be a lower intervention labor. You guys, (laughs) can you hear that? My husband's vacuuming. He's so sweet, like doing chores while I'm podcasting, but this mic is picking it up, but we'll just ignore it. So what are some things we can do to help with good positioning? First thing, get yourself over to spinningbabies.com. They have everything you need to know about positioning there. Um, They have daily exercises that you can do to get baby into an optimal position or keep baby into an optimal position. So keep in mind that our body wants our baby to be in that optimal position. And if baby's in the optimal position 
doing these things to help with optimal position will not make anything worse. Okay. So we actually want to continue to do those things to keep that baby in an optimal position. Um, spinning babies has the daily things you can do as well as like help, like help with identifying what position baby is in as well as help on exercises to do if baby is breech, if baby is not in an optimal position, lots of great resources there. So that's number one. Number two is chiropractic care. Just go do it. Uh, I, I feel like we tend to say like, oh, we don't like, it's like extra, like, yes, I'm going to go to my prenatal appointments, but mm, chiropractic care is like a, a nice to have. No, it is just as important. It's one going to help you with your pregnancy, discomforts, aches, and pains. And two, it puts you into optimal alignment. Optimal positioning of baby, it has to do with the baby and the way the baby's facing, but it also has to do with having space. It has to do with your muscles and your skeletal arrangement and your soft tissues and having space for baby to get into an optimal position. So if you're in good alignment, you're going to have more space and it's going to be easier for baby to get in that optimal position and baby is going to move through the birth canal faster. Your labor is going to be shorter. So go see the chiropractor. It's worth it. It should be something that you're just, no, my, that's my daughter, like on the other side of the house screaming. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this back and see if you can hear it. Um, I think you can. So number two is chiropractic care. Um, just go do it. I don't know. I don't know why we just, I feel like there's people that are like diehard chiropractic care fans. And then there's other people that are like, Oh, I should go. Oh, I, that's me. I'm like, the, Oh, I should go. And like, really you should go, just go. It helps with our overall health so much. Okay. Number three, the third way to help with good positioning is an exercise program that's meant for that. So like a prenatal workout program. My favorite is prenatal bar blend. This program works on so many exercises to get you one ready for labor, two to help with your aches and pains and three to help with optimal positioning. So remember I said number one on this list was to go to spinningbabies.com. Well, when you go to spinningbabies.com and you look at their daily exercises, it's like I want to say 11 moves or 11 things or something. There's a list of things to do daily. When you do prenatal bar blend, you are doing those things in your bar workout every day. So not only are you already doing the spinning babies things, but she really helps with um, having good posture and good alignment that you can pull through to the rest of your day to really like optimize your comfort in pregnancy, make sure you're not hurting yourself. She talks a lot about what is safe to do with exercising in terms of like your changing body. Uh, we work, we, we, I was in the test group for this. So that's kind of why I'm saying we, and I did this whole program. Um, we work on breathing. So breathing to mimic like in labor, like she, she, for, she, my brain's not working. In the third trimester, the workouts get more towards like labor prep workouts and she helps you work on your breathing while managing something difficult, like holding a squat to mimic breathing through a contraction. And it's genius. So I, I love the prenatal bar blend program. 
Um, and I just think it's a great way to prep. I think it's one of the reasons I had a really fast labor with my third and, um, it's just going to make you feel good. The, the trainer in this program, she's super positive and she's just wonderful. And I love doing the workouts just to listen to her voice, which sounds kind of weird, but, um, she's very positive and very uplifting. And so outside of the benefits in terms of like prepping for labor, it's also just great to be getting those endorphins and getting that exercise in daily. So those are some thoughts on why labor is long and three things you can do to help with optimal positioning. So the three things, spinning babies, go get over there, chiropractic care, and then a prenatal workout program that will incorporate some of the things to get you ready for birth. Prenatal bar blend being my favorite, which I will link to in the show notes. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something from this episode, please share with an expecting mom, especially an expecting mom that wants that low intervention birth, is going to be birthing in the hospital, maybe wants to go unmedicated, because how we take back control of our birth is by asking for what we want. And we can't ask for what we want if we don't know that we have options. So please share. If you share on Instagram, tag me at Fierce Lizzie so I can come and say hi. And thank you for spending some time with me today. I'll see you next time.